0: Hi, and welcome to New Thoughts, where we speak with game changers in the music business and talk about the future. I'm Peter Schwing, and joining me today, all the way from Portland, Oregon, is Kevin Bruner, Vice President of Marketing at CD Baby. First, a little background on Kevin. He's been in the business for over 22 years, both as a recording artist and an industry professional. After college, he joined the Atlanta based band Small Town Poets who signed a recording contract with the label under the EMI umbrella. Their self-titled debut album received critical acclaim, selling over 200,000 copies and landing the guys with a Grammy nomination, plus multiple Dove Award nominations. Over their career, small-town poets have amassed top 10, ten top 10 songs on the radio, with two reaching the coveted number one spot. In addition to that, Kevin heads up CD Baby's marketing efforts and hosts their popular DIY musician podcast, which you all should check out with the goal of helping artists understand the vast opportunities they have in this new music economy. Kevin, welcome. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me.
1: It's um, great to be here.
0: Yeah. So, uh what's going on in Portland? What's the talk about opening back up and more importantly, how are you doing through all this?
1: Uh I'm I'm surviving. You know, I can't complain. Uh you know, just working from home and uh you know it's actually been good because I since I can't distract myself and do anything outside the home I've been riding and recording a bunch and my band has mm-hmm. been actually quite productive so <laughs> under the circumstances but uh, as well, far as port- a- yeah well the so- thing
0: is you 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 all live in different parts of the country so yeah this is kind of you're used to this anyway as well
1: yeah it's so it was kind of funny Um when this all started before, like all the shelter in place orders were happening, um, we were kind of wondering what would happen, what are the, how are the artists are going to react to this? Is this going to be, uh, a, a slow, you know, season of business for us or mm-hmm. what might happen? I thought just anecdotally, I was noticing that my own band, those guys had more time. So they were being very proactive. Let's get more songs written. Let's use this time to get more music out. And I was like thinking, this actually might be have a, a, a landslide of business for CD Baby, which has been true. <laughs> we have well, we had a tidal wave of new music being distributed. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, musicians, you know,
0: producers, songwriters, we're kind of used to self- Quarantining, like we'll go in the basement and just shut the door for hours and days. So <laughs> Just just throw food on, open the door and throw food in every once in a exactly. while. <laughs> exactly, slide, slide a piece of toast under the door. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you mentioned about like adapting during time. So, you know, how, and, the, you know, what the streaming numbers are and, you know, and what's going to be coming. So like, how have you and CD Baby adapted during these times and you know
1: importantly is has this affected collections payouts at all? It has not affected any sort of collections or payouts we've been you know that's that's one of the things when when you know artists choose c d baby one thing that is rock solid that we make sure you're taken care of is that you get paid on time and there's no interruptions in payments uh we've for twenty uh two years the company's been around uh we never uh, missed paying artists, so that's something we pride ourselves in, even when we've had massive like we had a system outage one time. we still got payments out to artists because that's it's their money, and we want to make sure they have it yeah. so um no, all that's going ahead as as you know normal um, artists have definitely gone into uh distribution mode in an un- uh, you know just unbelievable amounts of music being distributed right now um and so it's just been interesting to see that uh how people are adapting and using their time now that they're not on the road you know part of it is that i've been looking at the numbers i'm like not all of this is brand new music i mean it was like march 13th someone pushed a button and the the distribution numbers went like this I'm like all these albums just didn't get recorded yesterday yeah. because a tour got canceled <laughs> so i think a lot of it is people have time that they're focusing on things online and getting their musical house in order during this time and also creating a lot of new stuff too yeah and that's interesting.
0: like you Mar- march 13th that was the start of the weekend that everything shut down
1: yeah yeah it's crazy you can look at our google analytics and it literally is like mm-hmm. it just shoots up that mm-hmm. that day
0: well we are gonna talk about this, and you know definitely a lot of you know marketing uh tips uh, first as a question and that I get a lot of people asking me, and especially artists, is you know when you know globally they change the release date from Tuesday to Friday now yeah. many artists are in and, and in this day and age you can you can say i want to release it on a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but and especially maybe in these times. Do you think that people, uh, artists should be looking at just new dates or should they be going for that Friday? I mean, that's a whole different Spotify and release radar outside trying to be on release radar. Like just generally,
1: what's your thoughts on releasing on a different day of the week? Well, uh, I do greatly dislike Friday being the day because it's usually the day people are checking out for the weekend, less focused. And so when you're, all your marketing is landing on a Friday, it's it's more challenging. What I've been doing with my music, and I've seen other artists doing, is they've been releasing on Wednesday or Thursday because Wednesday is actually the start of the, the reporting week. Mm-hmm. And so um, it you know it's you can uh, release on a Wednesday and still you know be considered new music for that week. If you go any earlier, it gets to the it's like the end of the last week. So that's where you can, that's what I've been doing is dropping things on a Wednesday, giving, you know, the the diehard fans, getting them activity, but then doing the big push out on Friday. And that's usually, you know, release radar and all that kind of stuff happens. And that way there's a little bit more space because it really, yeah, it really does uh, stink, especially in the digital world where people aren't like, Oh, it's the weekend. I'm going to go out to the record store and get that album. I was talking about, it's like, uh, they're doing all their streaming and stuff during the work week mostly. And then the weekend numbers tend to be lighter. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing and seeing other artists do. Um, and uh, yeah, but the systems, as far as the the platforms themselves, the Friday is still the day.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing like, you know, numbers wise, like, you know, with the artists, like, what do you think might be their biggest challenges? I mean, besides the fact that there's no live, music okay yeah we don't know when that's gonna come back into play there's so many factors trying to predict that is we could go on for hours (laughs) talking about it and you know it's like but besides that like you know the challenge is okay like you know we can come up with merch strategies we can come at like other ways to generate revenue and then there's the live streaming and then we also have live streaming takedowns and Uh copyrights so you know what in this kind of climate you know, what, what would you suggest like some tips or best practices to market yourself as an artist?
1: Well, I, I could speak all day on that particular question, but I won't. I'll try and so I'm trying to sum it up. <laughs> I've done a lot of experimenting in this area because, as you mentioned at the top of the show, my band, uh, you know, when we were back in our label days, we all lived in Atlanta and toured nonstop. But ever since, you know, our, all our recent independent activity, we've all been scattered around the country. I'm up in Portland. Some of them are in Atlanta still and around the South and other places. And so for me, my mind has always been, we don't play as much live as I'd like to. And live is a great opportunity to generate content. You know, when I do we do play live. We did a short tour in December. I've got a videographer there. I've got other people there to like make sure this is more about us capturing content to use the rest of the year than it is just about this live show in this particular city. So I start with that mindset for anything we do. But then I've gotten uh, where it's all for me. I spend a lot of time like, how can I strategically connect the dots online and find fans? So I've been doing a lot of things. like There's a lot of great uh, things you can do with Facebook ads as far as uh you know featuring a video and then the people that watch a certain life get get the next video and another video mm-hmm. and um and you start whittling them down to you know finally giving them some sort of like give us an email address become part of the fold a little bit more and capture that relationship so i've been doing a lot of testing with things like that but i think ultimately if you're going to focus online uh video is very helpful whether it's live stream or other things uh my band actually was featured in the, the CD Baby blog and went out in the email today. We did uh, one of those live Zoom call videos and our fans just went crazy for it. Um, we recorded it all with iPhones. Of course, it was not live over Zoom because you cannot play with your bandmates live over yeah. Zoom and expect to make anything that your fans <laughs> It'll, would, it'll you sound know. like
0: banging pots and pans in green green rack and
1: just like, yes. <laughs> So but we did record it with with our iPhones and we made a video so it's lots of video content I think is of all kinds is very useful right now and when you're in a situation where you can't get out on the road. Yeah and one thing that I always discuss
0: when I was either managing or you know coaching and you know is about getting email addresses which you you mentioned and how important that is because Here's another time that we're looking at different platforms. People are moving to different platforms. So how do you, if you're going to start doing some Zoom chats, it's like if you don't have email addresses of your fans, it's very difficult to then to go to Instagram and then say, link in bio because you can't hot link in
1: Instagram.
0: So like, here, go to Zoom. So it's an extra step. And once you get to two steps out, the attrition drop off of that call to action goes away. Oh yeah. And so it's always important. It's like maybe in your live streams is like, how do, how do you figure out a way to collect the email addresses or here's my link and people are using Linktree a lot in Instagram now, lining that. I mean, there was, uh, there was just a report. I don't remember, but like Linktree is one of the hottest commodities right now. So it's like, here's, you know, go, go buy my, you know, here's my Spotify account. Here's my YouTube channel. Sign up for my email, you know, sign, sign up for my newsletter.
1: Yeah. I think the one thing that's yeah interesting with email one by far as a marketer i can tell you if you want people to take action it's the best thing maybe facebook messenger they you know mm. it's, i think it's still in the early days of that because there's like all this opt in and then ultimately you know facebook still owns that relationship because they own messenger mm-hmm. so the idea with email one it's very action oriented and people if you want to communicate something and get people to take action, email is got to be a part of your game. But also, it's like our online identity right now, or your identifier. It doesn't matter if you even have an email program for your fans or are doing anything with email. If you want to uh, you know, own that relationship, that's like their online social security number almost. It's yeah. like that's who they are. And you know, I may not even uh, ever do anything with email, but if I want to... I can target all those, upload that list to Facebook and target all those people with ads. Um, so it's like uh, collecting that is just, that's, if you're going to, outside of having their physical address and mailing something or going and visiting their house, that's mm-hmm. the closest you're going to get to being able to have direct con- contact with yeah. somebody without a third party in the way, making you pay for it. So
0: well, two things, you, you mentioned ads twice and Facebook ads and For artists, thinking about advertising is such a foreign idea. Yep, yep. yep. On top of that, many think that, oh, this is too much of an expense. When in Mm -hmm. reality, throwing in a few dollars and running a campaign, it's relatively simple to set up once you do it a few times. And just for like, here's $20 and I'm going to let it ride for a little bit. I mean, there's more nuances to that. Yeah. But- you know, what, what's your experience? Maybe you have some tips on that about how not to be afraid of advertising.
1: Yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I think the, the, the number one tip that I would give about advertising uh, and where most artists and even marketers go wrong is uh, they have a new song, they've got 20 bucks and they say, I wanna target the world. I'm like, no, no, you can't <laughs> do anything with 20 bucks and target the whole world what and I think we've been taught that I want to reach everybody and bigger is better but in advertising small narrow focused is is what you want and so with little amount of money if you get really narrow and focus you can reach a lot of people and get good results I I wasted a couple months of uh my fall just going doing all these Facebook advertising programs and running things and testing stuff and you can get it down to like a dollar a day where it's still actually generating stuff for you that's worthwhile if you know how to target and get to the right people. Um, you know, so like if I was a band just starting out, trying, you know, testing the waters, I would just only focus on my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, I narrow. if you live in a big city and that has several zip codes, narrow it down to one zip code, uh, and, and see how that goes. And, uh, in fact, I was thinking the other day, I was, uh, since I've been bored, I've, I've added lights to my garage and I've started shooting videos <laughs> just to make people laugh and you can see it on my Instagram. But anyway, I thought about, it'd be funny just to target the people, I live in a small town outside of Portland, target the people in my town and see if I actually know, you know, if anyone outside in the real world uh, makes the connection, um, just to see how narrowly focused you can get those ads. But those it, When you go narrow, you can get pretty strong results. And then it's focused on an area where you know, like, hey, all the, our band's in Atlanta. Like, we got a show in Atlanta. Let's target Atlanta people. And then we can see if that actually got people to the show or to our live stream, the people from Atlanta or something yeah. like that. You know, Even though the internet's uh, global, you don't have to uh, treat your fans that way.
0: Yeah, and, and that's and it's something that also experiment with it. The more you, t- if you have some time now, experiment with it. You don't have yeah. to place, you don't have to hit the publish the ad button. You can go through and select your targets and it'll tell you, you know, your potential reach. So if you start learning to understand yeah. these, when we get back out there, it's like, okay, well, I learned to, I have a video. So I've tried putting in $20 to see what kind of video, you know, what kind of results yeah. there are. And I was hyper-focused. Well, now that you know how to do this and understand Once we get back into a live uh, culture, live society, you now have the leg up of everybody else who didn't bother looking into. And then like, here, we're going to sell tickets because we're going to be in Denver. We're going to be in, uh, you know, we're going to be in Atlanta. We're going to be in Fort Worth. And you can hyper focus. And now that you've already had that experience, it's like anything else. Do it a few times and and it becomes quicker and easier
1: to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely something like with ads, you can, you can waste a lot of money quickly if you don't know yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> so it's, but like, yeah, I think one thing right now, it's a perfect time to try a lot of things that maybe you didn't have time for if you were out on the road or distracted with, uh, or, or I wouldn't say distracted is not the right word. Like, but you've had, like maybe you had band practices all the time and all these things and like, you, you can't do that right now. Uh, uh, so, Focus on these things of like getting your digital house in order and understanding where you're at. I mean, for for us, I we had a new video um, for our latest single that I posted a couple of weeks ago, and I I realized, oh my gosh, our YouTube page is a mess. I haven't I haven't given it any attention <laughs> for a couple of years, and there's yeah. all these unanswered comments, and I thought I had other videos there that weren't, and so for me, it's just like okay, I've been taking the time to like. Get things in order so as things start opening up, you're ready to take advantage of it. Because I think, uh, you know, someone mentioned something I was like, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That as uh cities and countries start opening back up, it's going to be small size shows first. So that band that normally draws a thousand people or doesn't play unless they're in a venue that holds a thousand or more people, they're not going to be able to get gigs right away. It's going to mm-hmm. be the independent artists that, um, that are ready to go and ready to roll and understand, okay, the window of opportunities opening up, they want live music, but they're not looking for a band that's going to send a thousand people all at once. Right. Even just to test the waters, you know, it's, uh, there might be some opportunities for artists to get on stages that they normally wouldn't because the the venue is less focused about ticket sales and more just about, we got to test all this, methodology about managing people under these new circumstances so let's just get some bands in here to try it out right you know so and I feel things. it's going
0: to be also yeah. limited space there's yeah some of these venues are not going to survive and once yep. those gates open it's going to be all the booking agents and along with the artists going to the talent buyers and like can you get me you know say if it opens you know say it opens up in September we'll just you know say fall yeah, yeah. September. It's like, all right. I need a September. I want a September fifteenth show. I want a twenty first show. I want an it October. It's like, it's going to be overwhelming. You're going to be competing yeah. for a limited space, and also, you know, that they might have restrictions about capacity. So that and that's a very good point to be, you know, to take into consideration. So, yeah, um, you know, one. Let's let's talk about CD Baby itself for a moment. And you, you mentioned since uh, nineteen ninety eight. And correct me if I'm wrong, I have some stats here. Home to 650,000 artists, 9 million tracks. You're on 100 digital service platforms around the world. Um, Last year, you were acquired by Downtown. Uh So, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Justin, you know, what, what he's doing is fantastic. I mean, he's really... Uh, build, building this, you know, downtown music group and everything, and doing mm-hmm. some wonderful things. So, you know, talk about the services and resources you provide for the musicians, and make sure to, you know talk about that podcast of yours.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned you know we've been around since 1998, so yeah, things have changed as far as our business and focus over the years. You know, it was started as a place for artists to really just do direct sales to their fans, and we would fulfill the CD orders. And then as digital distribution was added in and um, we continue to morph and really what we're about is just helping artists monetize their musical assets in any way possible. And so we, we do publishing administration. Our sync licensing program has been taking off uh, this year. Um, If you've been home sheltering in place, watching a lot of Netflix, chances are you've heard some CD baby artists because we've been getting a lot of Netflix placements and, and other places as well. But, um, so we do that. We do YouTube monetization is a huge chunk of, uh, revenue for artists and we help them capture that revenue. And of course, digital distribution and always looking for new things like, um, services like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram monetization. Some of those things fall outside of the you know, this the, the typical monetization paths that we were got used to even in a download world. And so, you know, things like lyrics and all that kind of stuff are all revenue opportunities for artists. And that's what we're trying to be about and just help artists capture all that revenue um, no matter where the opportunities lie. Can, can
0: you dive into TikTok just uh, briefly? Because that is everything... <laughs> It's the hot buzzing question: How do I get my music? How do I get an influencer to play my song? How do I get? It's like you, we're all getting the same. So, coming from your side, and then since you brought it up, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we distribute your music to TikTok. So if you use CD Baby, it will go to TikTok. Um, and you know, I think what's interesting about TikTok, I think it's still in its early stages, and I think now that it's kind of exploded. Um, I, when I've talked about it to some people, I I was telling them, you know, it's the, it's a true social video platform where like YouTube, when it started, it was more of a social Mm -hmm. video platform. It is not anymore. YouTube wants you to create content that is geared around specific themes and operates like a channel. That's not how how social video works. You know, Mm -hmm. TikTok is a prime example of People making videos just to interact with one another and be goofy, fun, or whatever, and um, so it'll be interesting to see how it morphs and changes now that more people are using it. But the thing that's great about TikTok that artists may or may not know if they haven't used it before is it really was built around the music experience and um, videos that are uh, that do very well on TikTok. Um, all have music, a part of it. That um, it's you know a piece of the experience, and it's right there where you push the button, and you can instantly make your own video to that same piece of music. So that's why music spreads so quickly on TikTok. And so when you see people doing these dances, when well, I want to do my version of that dance. The button is already right there to click it and start it and and make my own version. And so I think they've really stumbled onto the user-generated content to a new level. Like We've experienced that with YouTube where people have just been uploading videos um, that they've created with music, but TikTok drives that experience. And so as an artist, if you've got a piece of music that everyone's doing a dance to or using as a musical meme along with their video, it can be very powerful. And so that platform is built around that. We'll see how it Changes and morphs over time because everything does, and uh, um, you know I think it's you know I, I'm I'm uh, optimistic that it'll end up in a place that's very useful and not just a uh, I goofed off on TikTok for a month. I'm moving on with my life. Right, exactly.
0: So, well, leading into uh, and you, your CD Baby offers you know just uh, definitely check out in the show uh, the show notes. I'm gonna have a link to CD Baby and uh the DIY podcast so definitely check that out oh wrapping up like what are your thoughts on the future once this abates like how do you think the landscape will be changed for the
1: artists well i think artists are going to have to rely on online promotions as a as a larger piece of the pie with their uh their musical fan interactions more so than maybe they did in the past, so that band that just wanted to play shows and not worry about anything online there's lots of them that still exist uh, they're they're gonna struggle even more because, like you mentioned, it's not going to be like a switch is flipped, and all the venues are back and vibrant and thriving. a lot of them are going to go out of business. being a venue is a tough business, even in the good times, yeah um, and so for artists, there's gonna have to be this balance of yes getting out and performing live, but that understanding that I really need to engage in these online tools and um, use them because they're going to be important because I'm just not going to be able to get as many gigs for a while as I want Um, and I think independent artists are poised well for that because you know for a lot of independent artists that's been their game anyway because they've had to they it's harder to get uh, places or they just do music in a different way that's geared towards interacting online so I think you know we'll get music's gonna always thrive. It's gonna continue to be there. Artists are gonna keep writing and recording, and um, but you know it's gonna be a little different for a while. And you need to focus in on taking advantage of the tools that are available online and getting good at using them um, because that's gonna be an important part of the mix.
0: Yeah, I, and I think you know the foundation is something you mentioned earlier is get your digital house in order, clean it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get it, make it efficient because it, we're going to be in this for a while. And even when we come out of it, it's going. I I feel it's going to be more of a hybrid market where you have live, but you're going to have more online and digital live. So it's going to be, you know, teasers and like come see me. And once people yeah. are really familiar with the platforms, so Kevin, yeah. thank you. Um, but real, you know, it could be a, a quick question is, you know, besides this being over. You know, what are you especially looking forward to? Like what's the first place or the first thing you're going to go or uh, do once this is done?
1: <laughs> well, traveling is my favorite thing and I've already canceled so many trips this year. And the one of the one that hurt the most was um, we, we do a conference in Valencia, Spain with Berkeley at their campus there. And so I was going to Valencia and then to Cannes for mid M and, the The Mediterranean right there is just one of the best places on planet Earth, and having to cancel that really hurt. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, getting going somewhere warm. Uh, Portland's actually been quite nice uh, as of late. But uh, you know, I love traveling. I love seeing people and being out on the road with artists. So anywhere, just put me on a plane, I'll go. <laughs> Just get me get me out of here. (laughs) Uh, So
0: thank you so much, Kevin. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And hopefully we'll all be out flying around soon enough. Yes. Have a wonderful day and please stay healthy. Thank you. So that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to join the conversation, please leave your comments below. Hit that subscribe button and make sure to sign up at musicindustrycity.com to stay on stay updated. And what's going on in the music business. See you next time.